What is your favorite cocktail that you have developed? My favorite classic cocktail is Martinez. When I'm saying Martinez, they're making martini. I said, no, no, Martinez. I'm usually making the drinks based on the concept and what I want to achieve with these drinks. So if I'm having some concept, I know what's the story behind and I know what we want to achieve. And based on that guideline, the, the pace that we set in front of us, then we create in the drinks. Usually I'm always making something which is Instagrammable. It's fashionable and uh, has mm. to taste different because everyone knows what's the common flavors. But you know, when you try something which is not common, that's something that stays in your head and you're coming back from it. Hello, fellow hoteliers. Welcome to I'm a Hotelier podcast. I am your host, Kiran Girija. I'm so excited today to have Sanjin as the guest on the show. Sanjin is the restaurant and beverage manager at Shangri-La Jeddah. Sanjin, thank you so much for taking the time. I know we've gone back and forth on emails and finally got time to catch up. How are you doing? And tell me a bit more about yourself and what you do at Shangri-La. First of all, thank you. It's a pleasure to uh, talk with you. My name is Sanjin, coming from Bosnia, working in uh, hospitality for uh, a bit more than 10 years. For last five, almost six years, I'm in the Middle East, Abu Dhabi, then Dubai, and then moving to Saudi Arabia in Riyadh. And for almost one year, I'm in Jeddah, part of the pre-op property, one of the largest hotels in the Middle East, Shangri-La Jeddah. I'm working two jobs in Shangri-La, a restaurant general manager for the signature restaurant Shang Palace, which is one of the most famous uh, and uh, proudest uh, outlet of Shangri-La. It's a totally new concept amongst uh, other 38 of them in all around the world. Other than that, I'm working as a beverage manager for entire hotel, responsible for developing entire beverage program, uh, which I'm having help from my uh, head mixologist. And so far, we're doing quite well. When it comes to the F&B, we are partially open. We have only three up and running F&B outlets. There is a few of them coming later on this year. Mm-hmm. We're going to launch Rooftop, and it's going to be a very nice Arabic restaurant with great, astonishing outdoor seating in the Shisha. And that's going to be one of the, as well, two outlets where we're going to have an incredible beverage program as well. Nice. Looks like it was a busy period for you. What does a typical workday look like for you as somebody in the FNB and who's managing one of the key flagship restaurants and also looking after other? So what does a typical day start and look for you as a FNB guy? Well, for my side, this is the first hotel experience. I have never been in hotels. So for me, it was quite challenging to mm. move from standalone background to the hotel background. But when it comes to the organization, it's a totally different concept and uh, totally different authorities. Me, as an individual, whatever I do, I'm a detail-oriented guy when it comes to running uh, daily operations, you know, so uh, being in charge of the signature restaurant, it's obviously all lights on you and uh, you are literally in position that you don't have any rights to fail. So every day before it started needs to be carefully planned and you need to know everything that's going to happen. Obviously, there's a lot of things that are impacting your daily operation. But uh, if you're getting organized and if you love what you do and uh, if you have support from the people around you, then uh, it's not a challenge, then it's fun. Right. So basically, it's about getting organized consistently, what you're going to achieve on that particular day, especially when it is busy, right? And especially when you're handling different restaurants and, you know, like what you're going to be doing the next day, planning that very well. Right. That's, that's good. And I went through your LinkedIn profile and I understand that you were in events and you also were in the marketing space for some time, right? Before getting into right. F&B. So what made you jump into the F&B space? What was that that got into the space? So back in time when I was going into college, I was doing some part-time job in hospitality as a waiter, as a bartender. 
and then basically I liked to be a bartender and that things pushed me to make cocktails. I had a lot of passion for that. It was, you know, when I was being 18, 19 year old kid, it was fun when you're making cocktails. And back in time, it was cool to do this thing, you know. <laughs> and uh, after some time, uh, when I was growing, I as well was being involved in some events and organizing events. And uh, actually that part of the life where I was being in events and in marketing helped me to develop myself when it comes to the attention to the details, organizing myself, working day to day and obviously when, when you're being an event, event manager you know every single hour it's organized and you know exactly what you need to do like step by step and if you slip everything you know fell apart so uh, that pressure and that stress actually that i had that was being merged with me and uh, that helped me in my life to know how to handle the stress and how to work in that very busy and stressful and uh, daily operation in any restaurants either bar or the service you know and uh, when i was coming to some point of uh, this music events where i was doing at some point i was being really tired of uh, having back-to-back -back stress and i said to myself why don't make some break you know and uh, go back to the origin and let me try to be something that I actually love to do and uh, that was a passion was the cocktails so when I do that breakdown and I make some uh, pose for like six months seven months I go to UK for one year an incredible place at the Ivy in London I was part of the pre-opening team right after that I met some people in the UK who advised me to go to the Middle East I've, according to them Dubai it's and Abu Dhabi it's place to be for me where I can sharp my skills and develop myself in highest fashion and I listened to their advice I go back to Boston and from Boston and start my journey in the Middle East that happened in January 2017 and up to date I'm here interesting so you got a mix of those operational things from the event side and now you have the creativity that you brought up on FNB side with all your cocktails, right? I was I was looking at some of the stuff that you post on LinkedIn. So and and I was wondering in terms of the creativity. So from an FNB perspective, how important is that? What I mean is, you know, creativity in let's say creating those uh, cocktails or maybe in the ambience that you create in the restaurant. How important is that? And what level of creativity do you think is required for well, a restaurant? I think it's extremely important. Uh, however, there is a two factors. Me personally, I have met a tons of super creative people, but they have no passion for what they do. So they're being creative, but you know, when you do something that you extremely care about and when it comes from the heart, you pay attention even about some micro things, you know, and putting that in very nice fashion, you're being super proud of it and the way you talk about it, you know, it's not about the product, either food or the beverage, you know, it's about how you explain it, how you put a soul inside of that item. And if that mm -hmm. item, whatever it is, either plate or the glass, you, you, it has a soul, then it's experience, you know. And when you're selling mm -hmm. experience, that's something that doesn't have a price. It's prices. And that's something that basically people coming back and talking about. I was lucky to have that mindset to do the things in that way. And that gives me, obviously, a lot of success in the last few years. Nice. So the creativity put together with the team, and then you make sure that the creativity is turning into a passion. That's interesting. I mean, it's also important uh, to make sure that creativity that you do is turning into a marketing strategy, right? So let's say you're creating something really nice. Well, well, what do you think? How do you market it? How do you put that together into, let's say, the social usually, media space? Whatever I do, I have a vision where I want to be six months, 12 months, and what I want to achieve with any product that I'm building up. Basically, when you're doing the things in the right way and you're leading from the front, your team is following you. So if you're doing the things in the right mm. way and setting the example, how it needs to be done when it comes to making the drinks, setting the bar, presenting the drinks, approaching the right marketing side, creating the product that, ha that has a story that people, even though they didn't come to a restaurant, talk about it. That's something that they feel it, they adapt it, and they lead with example as well. Hmm. Interesting. Do you see F&B manager as more like an operations guy or a strategist, or is it a big mix of both? 
Well, uh, I know some of the F&B managers or the directors in the Middle East, uh, that position in general, it's administration, right? So their, mm. their job is to support operation, right? But I know a lot of people who are uh, being more involved in operation than in administration part, you know? So being more involved in operation, you're working close uh, to your managers, you know, helping them to develop themselves, helping them to learn the, how to approach right way in operation, helping them to develop the administrative skills, financial skills, marketing skills, and uh, how to increase your profitability. But I think the role of F&B manager or director, it's one of the key roles because the guy who's uh, head of that F&B department should lead from the front and show the people the right example. You know, if you take care about stuff, then stuff will uh, pass that love onto the customers, you know, and then customers will, will share that uh, love with the rest of the world. And that's the best possible marketing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Talking about customer feedback, and I usually hear this from the F&B people that they, they really care about the feedback from the guests, and that's crucial for the restaurant success. What, what do you do to generate this feedback, and, and what do you do with that, that feedback once you get it? As I mentioned last, if I can say seven years, I was working with the outlets, but one of the best in the region where they were where located, you know, starting from mm. Dubai, Abu Dhabi, UK, Riyadh, and now in Jeddah. So all these outlets are one of the best in the region. So everywhere I started, there was upside downs when it comes to the guest feedback and the Google review, uh, TripAdvisor review, Foursquare review, etc. Me starting right now, this is actually my first job that I'm basically being in charge for entire operation when it comes to the Shang Palace, a front of house. When you uh, give a food, you explain the food in the right way. When you give a drink, you explain it the right way. So they don't feel that they're just paying the food. Food they can pay in every kind of fast food, but experience is something that they're taking with them. And that experience, then they, they should share on social media. So basically, every, my job and the job of my assistant and most of my supervisors are to acknowledge guest experience and ask them how was the feedback and uh, allow them to talk about the food. Uh, is it good? Is it not good? What they think about it? What they think should be different? So allowing them to talk, you're feeling them appreciate. And when they feel themselves appreciate, they will share obviously great feedback. So far, we sh as, as I mentioned, for the Shang Palace, we start with incredible feedback, almost 100 comments in less than three months. In Google, it's 4.8 rating, which is, you know, considering it's yeah. high and super luxury restaurant, it's astonishing feedback. And we are super mm. happy to be where we are. Do you still consider Google uh, as your go-to tool for feedback? Let's say uh, the guest is experiencing something and then you go to them and ask for feedback and do you direct them to Google uh, for reviews or do you uh, ask them to post it on social? So uh, I can tell you how we do right now. For me, I care more about what guests tell me face to face. So when, they, when they're having the dining uh, experience in my restaurant and when I ask for the feedback, whatever they share, that's what I care. And then I'm trying to acknowledge if there is any mistake or the feedback immediately, we're trying to fix it, whatever can be fixed, you know, or vice versa, invite them for the next experience if they have a, a bad feedback. We are currently working with a platform which is called Seven Rooms. So basically every time you leave the restaurant, you're getting an email to rate your feedback. And then yeah. obviously Google, in the world that we live in, Google, it's highly important because if you go in some city or the country, when you're Googling, uh, putting the best restaurant, Chinese restaurant, obviously, if you have a high rating, you're going to be on the top. If you have a low rating, yeah. no, no, no one will re recognize you. Because if I go to Paris, I know that there is a Shang Palace in Paris, but I'm going to Google best Chinese restaurant in Paris or best mm. Japanese or best fine dining or best, you know what I mean? And then Google will uh, tell me based on the ratings uh, or popularity, which one are, are the most recommended one and the best rated one. And based on that, mm. I'm going to select where I'm going to go to dine. The same is in, in the region where we're working. I think it's very important. Uh, building up the social media channels in the right way and taking care about uh, the customer feedback. That's, you know, one of the main steps to build up your reputation and uh, win some awards, obviously.
Yeah, of course. Is social media still your go-to marketing channel? Like, you know, the first priority channel that you use from a marketing perspective? Uh, from my side, yes. For me, the, the key factor in building up the business, it's marketing. So if you have some strong social media individual who can create the content on a daily basis, that's the best possible engagement with the current customer or the customer who had a bad experience. So basically, if you had a bad experience and if you keep seeing cool videos and something, you might endorse them back to come back and they might have a good experience again. And I think that this live coverage, day-to-day -day operation from uh, social media executives, it's something essential in the, in the time we're living in. Basically, everything is on Instagram, uh, Snapchat, yeah. Facebook, YouTube. Restaurant is a very crowded space, right? You need to take care of uh, different factors, including, let's say, the ambience, the quality of the food, the service that you mentioned, the culture, the experience. What, according to you, is the standing out factor? How do you make sure that your restaurant stands out within this tight competition that you have? Food, definitely. Food, If you yes. have a great food, even though the, you have an average concept or the average team, Food is something that's going to make you come back again, right? If you have a right product with competitive price and uh, the decent service who can present the product in a decent way, uh, people will come back again. And that's that's fact. You know, if you if you have a average product, you can have the, the most astonishing service in the world. It's going to still be average. What is your favorite cocktail that you have developed? My favorite classic cocktail is Martinez. When I'm saying Martinez, they're making martini. I said, no, no, Martinez. I'm usually making the drinks based on the concept and what I want to achieve with these drinks. So if I'm having some concept like I used to have in my previous places, I know what's the story behind and I know what we want to achieve. And based on that guideline, the, the pace that we set in front of us, then we create in the drinks. Usually I'm always making something which is Instagrammable. It's fashionable and has mm. to taste different because everyone knows what's the common flavors, but you know, You know, it's when you try something which is not common, that's something that stays in your head and you're coming back for more. Very interesting because uh, everything now drills down to the food, right? So even though we are investing a lot on the ambience of the restaurant or you know, any of those service culture that we develop, but ultimately food is what makes people come back to that restaurant. And that was my segue to the other question. I'm sure you've heard about Cloud Kitchen. So Cloud Kitchen is a concept recently developed and during pandemic it got its boost. Kitopi, one of the largest players in the Middle East, is one of those unicorns in that sector now. What are your thoughts about Cloud Kitchen? Cloud Kitchen is also a model where ultimately it drills down to food. If you like the food, you order it and it's, it's on your way. I'm sharing personal opinion. Pandemic had a huge impact on each one of us, individually and globally, you know. I think that during the last two and a half years, all of us create a habit, order something and enjoy in the home atmosphere. The cloud kitchen, if you're doing the right way, it's it's definitely great revenue. I always support in, in, in innovative things and that's something that I see a lot of potential even for my restaurant in the future. Right. Good stuff. One of my final questions, you mentioned that you are kind of a new hotelier, right? So you have not been in the hotel space, but you've been managing standalone restaurants in the past. What is it being like a hotelier for you now? How fun is it? I always hear hoteliers say that it's really fun to be a hotelier. What do you think? Well, in every job, there's a pros and cons, right? Working in hotels, there is a levels that you cannot uh, find in standalone restaurants. And obviously, there is a strategic plan, very detailed. And that's something that I was lacking when I was in a standalone experience. However, being in hotels for me, it's, I'm still new. I'm still learning. I'm still adapting. I'm still I'm trying to settle myself in. But yeah, it's kind of, it's super detailed and you need to pay attention every single day and you need to be yourself super organized to keep up the pace. 
finally what is something that you want to share with other hoteliers or people who are looking to come into the hotel space from standalone restaurants and event space well in general what, what i'm always saying to uh, everyone looking advice to go somewhere it's uh, look for an experience right because that's something that's going to stay in your mind that's something that you're going to remember nice thanks a lot uh, sanjin and once again thank you it was great having you on the show thank you so much and hope to catch up again have a good day and thanks for taking all the time and effort thank you karen have a great day and speak soon before you go thanks a lot for listening i know you could have spent your time anywhere else but you decided to listen to my podcast i would appreciate if you hit the subscribe button if you are a fan leave a five star review and let your friends know my email is kiran@amahotelier.com let me know if you or anyone else in your network would like to be part of the show send me a note with feedback topic ideas or whatever it might be that's a wrap See you in the next episode. Take it easy.